you're listening to the Telltale channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the far right losing their minds over the FBI. Now that they've searched Trump's home, they changed their mind about defunding law enforcement. Marjorie Taylor Greene latching on to anything that could be used to defend her god emperor, Donald Trump. Televangelists' pseudoscientific claims about the vaccine. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. This is Brenda Kuhneman. She is Hank Kuhneman's wife. She runs a megachurch with him in Omaha, Nebraska, and they consider themselves to be Trump prophets. They claimed to have prophesied that Donald Trump was going to win the 2016 election, and of course he did. All right, there's a hit. And then they prophesied he's going to win the 2020 election, and he didn't. There's a miss. That makes him false prophets, right? They refuse to give up on that idea. They are the leaders of a full-blown cult. And I would say Hank Kuhneman is the leader of, or one of the leaders of the Trump cult, more specifically. So let me just introduce you to Brenda. They are doing everything they can to blur the line between religion and politics. They want to erase the separation of church and state. And like I said, it is a full-blown cult at this point. Listen to what she had to say here. This is late March 2022 on the subject of being a cult. Home from the office one day, and I remember we walked into the house from the garage. I mean, we were just exhausted. We'd had it. We said, God, you know we're not a cult. We preach the Bible. We pray in tongues. Obviously, this is not the first time that she's been accused publicly of being a cult leader. That's a little bit defensive. I've never felt compelled to defend myself against an accusation of being a cult leader because I've never been accused of being a cult leader. Well, I have, but I haven't taken it seriously. You know, this should raise some red flags. It's kind of weird to me that she's justifying doing the things that she does and claiming she's not a cult leader by saying she preaches the Bible. Does she really not see? I mean, didn't David Koresh preach the Bible too from Waco, Texas? Marshall Applewhite believed in the Bible too. He preached the Bible. Is she really, like, not seeing how piss poor of a defense this is? Here's another one. This is late January 2022. She had some things to say about the Democratic Party. Remember, she's been trying to blur the line between state and church for a long, long time. I can't find anything, and believe me, I've looked, anything on the left that is good to support. Okay, it's filled with lies and homosexuality and abominations and, you know, in fact, the party, I'll just say it, the Democrat Party put straight up on their platform, on their platform that we are the party of the non-religious, we don't want God, we're atheists, that's what they've said, you could go read it yourself. No, I wish that they felt that way, but unfortunately, the Democratic Party is still very, very religious. And there really is not much that we can do to change that. Unfortunately, the far right, the extremists, have pulled the Democratic Party to the right. There is no left-wing party in America anymore. It's all right-wing. It's just how far right are you? At this point, Brenda Kuhneman and Hank Kuhneman 
and all of these other megachurch pastors in large part represent the moderate right. They are all fundamentalists and extremists to the core. There is no real moderate right left in the country. They said, we want nothing to do with religion. We're the party of the non-religion. I'm not going to give 50% to somebody that wants to support something like that. Come on, somebody. Just completely fabricated. She just made that up. There's no basis for that belief. You know, on occasion, I've been known to get the occasional thing wrong. A few weeks ago, I was out here talking to people about this video. I was watching a video from a Trump rally, and some Trump supporters were out there talking about Gamatria, this Jewish thing, and they were wearing shirts that had Princess Diana on there, right? Okay, first of all, y'all are so cute. I love the outfits. I would like detailed explanations on every single shirt. Ready, set, go. Right? So, living, living, and we know living, ruling the world, and you don't take down evil by being quiet or silent, right? So when people start understanding gematria, they start understanding the numbers, A equals one, B equals two, C equals three. And I made a mistake and I, I said, Princess Diana was next in line to be queen before she died. Somebody came into my chat and said, no, no, she wasn't next in line. She was about to marry or she was the mother of the young princess. She's about to marry into the royal line. And you know what I did? I corrected it. I inserted a correction in the video. I get the occasional thing wrong. I always remove it before it finally gets uploaded to YouTube, or I always insert a correction, no matter what. If I find that there's a serious mistake in something, I will correct that mistake. Brenda Kuhneman is out here intentionally lying about things, it seems to me. How can you possibly say something so blatant as... The Democratic Party, in their platform, says we are the party of the godless, and we don't believe in Christianity or whatever it el- or whatever else it was she said about them. How could she come out here and say that stuff with a straight face, knowing it doesn't, knowing that this is a complete fabrication right off the top of her head? How can she live with herself to so blatantly lie like this? There's a fundamental difference in principles between me and church leaders and congressmen and stuff. Church leaders, televangelists, congressmen are willing to blatantly, flatly lie about things. It's like a principal difference. I do my best to get facts and information correct. They intentionally lie about it. And that brings us to our first email. The subject is planks. This is what the email says. Damn it, just got in on the tail end of the chat. Brenda cracks me up. She and the other WFJ, I'm not sure what that means, really depend on people not checking what they say since they can be so easily debunked. I seriously doubt that she reads all the planks of the Democratic Party. The thing is massively long. However, just skimming, there is a section on upholding the the discriminated against and offers a long list including religious minorities, which I suppose includes us. But if she couldn't find anything in this document to support, she's stone blind. And they actually posted the document to me. Uh, I, I went there. This is the Democratic Party platform. 
Uh, so just out of sheer curiosity, I just searched for religion or religious. Here's the first sentence that I came across. This is the Democratic Party platform. This is what Brenda Kuhneman was talking about. What she told us says that the Democrats don't support religion. This is the thing. This is where we would find it if that were true. Here's the first instance of the word religion. Democrats will protect and promote the equal rights of all our citizens. Women, LGBTQ people, religious minorities, people with disabilities, Native Americans, and all who've been discriminated against in too many ways and for too many generations. That doesn't sound like the Democratic Party saying that they are the party of the godless and refuse to support religion. Here's the next instance. We will ban racial and religious profiling in law enforcement. Here's the next one. Democrats are committed to ending discrimination on the basis of race, ethnicity, national origin, religion, language, gender, age, sexual orientation. Weird. No mention of what Brenda Kuhneman claimed. Is that odd to anybody else? We will enforce and strengthen the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act and will end racial and religious profiling in law enforcement. Here's the next mention of religion. Religious freedom is a core American value and a core value of the Democratic Party. Democrats will protect the rights of each American for the free exercise of his or her own religion. Here's the problem. Republicans, particularly people like Brenda Kuhneman, don't want religious freedom. They want Christian supremacy. They want to force their religion on other people. And having core values like religious freedom, protections from discrimination based on sex or race or religion or whatever else, a lot of that stuff goes against what the Republicans want and intend. They want to be able to discriminate against people based on religion because they know they're in the majority religion in the country and they will not suffer from any religious discrimination laws. In the delusional fantasy land they live in, they like to pretend they're the persecuted minority. In reality, they are the majority religion and they are in power. They, they hold the positions of power currently. Anyway, let's keep reading the email from this person. Major chunks of this document detail COVID recovery and cleaning up after Trump. Maybe she doesn't like that part. Again, happy birthday. Appreciate that. Yeah, J uh, July 20th was my birthday. Dude, be righteous to yourself. Cake, ice cream, open gifts. Revel that you're still here after another Earth revolution. That could have demolished any of us. We survived, and that's pretty damn good reason to celebrate. Absolutely agree. 100%. My best to Rose and Kylie and the fur babies. Give them a good scratch behind the ears for me. The cats, not Rose and Kylie. Uh, I'm sorry. I already gave Rose and Kylie a scratch behind the ears. I hope that's okay. Sincerely, Trisha, who thinks it is really eerie to have lived long enough to see history repeating itself. Thank you so much for the email. It was really interesting. Here's a message from somebody. It says, uh-oh, I found some troubling stuff. Give it a read and let me know what you think. The title of this article on this gotquestions.org website is, With all the different religions, how can I know which one is correct? So I figured we'd just kind of read through, just glance through real quick and see what it had to say. There's no doubt that the number of different religions in the world makes it a, makes it a challenge to know which one is correct. First, let's consider some thoughts on the overall subject, and then look at how one might approach a topic in a manner that can actually get to a, a right conclusion about God. Weird way to word it. 
The challenge of different answers to a particular issue is not unique to the topic of religion. For example, you can sit 100 math students down, give them a complex problem to solve, and it's likely that many will get the answer wrong. But does this mean that a correct answer does not exist? Not at all. Those who get the answer wrong simply need to be shown their error and know the techniques necessary to arrive at the correct answer. Okay, so I guess these people are going to kind of show us how to come to the correct answer about God, right? And this is the, the framework they're laying out for us. The above framework, when applied to the topic of religion, will help lead one to a right view of God and will answer the four big questions of life. One, where did we come from? Two, how should we live? Three, what is the purpose for life? And four, where is mankind heading? But how does one go about applying this framework in the pursuit of God? A step-by-step question and answer approach is one of the best tactics to employ. Narrowing the list of possible questions down produces the following. Does absolute truth exist? Do reason and religion mix? Does God exist? Can God be known? Is Jesus God? Does God care about me? This honestly reads like Jehovah's Witness propaganda, except it's not. It's just normal religious propaganda. Fascinating. Complete nonsense, all of it. They are desperately clutching at straws to try to prove that God exists in in one way or another. And uh, honestly, the correct answer to whether or not God exists is, I don't know. That's the correct answer for everybody on planet Earth. I don't know. Nobody knows. We have no way of finding out until he chooses to reveal himself to mankind. Now, you can tell me that you do know and that he revealed himself to you. But I could just as easily tell you that I know and he revealed himself to me and you got it wrong. As a matter of fact, that's a consistent problem that cycles around humanity constantly. The Muslim tells the Christians that they know that God is real and he revealed himself to them and his name is Allah and he wants you to do this thing and pray five times a day and eat this food and blah, blah, blah. And the Christian tells the Muslim the exact opposite. God revealed himself to me, and he said, you don't have to pray five, five times a day. So the correct answer, when it all boils down to it, is I don't know, because everybody is telling me that they do know, and they're all giving me contradictory answers. Until God reveals himself to me, I have no reason to believe any of it, and I don't care what kind of ridiculous mathematical equation you think you've worked out. I just about guarantee I've heard it all before, and it was all nonsense then. Until God shows me, reveals himself to me directly, I simply don't believe you. Nothing against that. If you want to believe in God, that's fine. But you don't have any more reason to believe in him than I do. Hey, this is Andrew from Saskatchewan, Canada. Um, I just have a little question for you. If um, there was a government run by atheists, and only atheists, like, for, for, like you know, like, saying, after saying, like, watching a bunch of videos like of these like extremist pastors and stuff like that. I'm just starting to think that we as a society should just have a government ruled by atheists and only atheists, despite having the country um that's like has like a majority of Christians. So um I'm just wondering like do you think it's a good thing or is it just favoritism? Just wanting your thoughts on it. Thanks. Interesting question. Uh, That could never happen in the U.S. because there's a a bit in the Constitution about not having a religious test for, like, people who want to run for office or whatever. But hypothetically speaking, let me entertain the question and say, if 
we could implement a religious test in the United States. Do I think it'd be a good idea? And the answer is no. I don't actually have a problem with religious people at all. Certainly not religious people being in office. I really don't care. It is possible to keep religion and politics separate. It's totally 100% possible. Like, it shouldn't even be hard. Even if religion informs a lot of the decisions you make, you have to understand that you can't impose your religious beliefs on somebody else. And if you do understand that, we're all good. That's totally okay with me. You you know, you want to be in politics. I'm fine with that. Look at Raphael Warnock. Dude's a pastor. And he's a Democratic senator right now in Georgia. I'm totally okay with that. I have no issue with it. The problem isn't with religious people or religious people in government. The problem is extremists in government. Now, there are a lot of countries around the world that are, by and large, mostly run by atheistic or secular governments who don't have, like, religion as any aspect of their government, really. Uh, the UK is significantly lower on religiosity in their government. But guess what? They still have extremists. They still have right-wing nutcases. They still have left-wing nutcases. They've still got corrupt people all through the government. Corruption and extremism are aspects of humanity no matter which way you slice it. And there's, there's really no way to set up a government that excludes extremists and corrupt people. And so all you can do is your absolute best to correct for it. When you figure out somebody is gone extremist, when you figure out somebody is corrupt and taking bribes or, or whatever other thing, correct for it, regulate it, try to kick them out, find some way to prevent that kind of thing in the future. Has nothing to do with religion. I'm really okay with religious people in government. We just need to get the extremists out desperately. This is Marty, and I'm stuck in Illinois, but I have a joke. It's a joke. Okay, so we got a joke here, uh, and Marty desperately wants us to know that it's, it's not real. It is just a joke. All right, lay it on me, Marty. My grandma's died. She came back to life. But while she was dead, she briefly visited heaven. And while she was there, she got the nickel tour. And the first stop was a little local clapboard Catholic parish, and they were out in the yard playing bingo. It was beautiful weather. They were having a nice time, and they go walking down the, the road, and, and the angel giving the tour points out there. So now that was the Catholics. There's the Lutherans over there, and they walk a little further, and there's the Methodists down here, and they walk a little further. There's a few Muslims up here, and then they walk a little further, and, and there's some Mus some Muslims and some Buddhists. And it's a great mix of people. Then they walk a long, long, long ways without saying anything. And then. There's a, a, a path, and you can't see the end of the path, but the angel stops and says, now, from here on, we have to be really, really quiet, because down this path are the Baptists, and they think they're the only ones up here. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate the joke. That's pretty funny. Um, I think I've heard a variation of that, or not necessarily in joke form, but somebody asked me a while back what I thought would happen when, like, for example, Greg Locke got to heaven, just hypothetically. Say Greg Locke gets to heaven, and he finds that, like, people of all backgrounds and religions and races are all there, too. What would he do? Would he try to start a revolution? Would he try to kick them out or, or, or what? 
And my answer was he would probably believe that he had actually done something wrong and ended up in hell by mistake before he accepted that God allowed everybody into heaven just about. But I think he would eventually come around. So I, I that's a funny joke, and I appreciate that. I think eventually, if you know, if that scenario played out, people would eventually come to accept the truth, but they don't really tend to accept the truth about like the facts around they don't tend to accept the facts around them when they're on earth so i don't know maybe they wouldn't accept facts around them when they got to heaven I, who knows hey Owen, this is guy from illinois uh <clears throat> quick comment on the uh the uh the uh muslim man that they uh got in custody now for supposedly you know killing the uh four uh fellow muslims okay he's the suspect and uh I dislike, you know, as an atheist my whole life, you know, I, I can't stand any organized religion, but I got to agree with uh, uh, Bill, Bill Maher. Uh, Muslims, Islam is by far the worst. That's the thing. And I, as soon as they said that this guy, my, my first thought was, oh, he's got to be a Sunni. And they, they married uh, the other, I, I forget what the other Shiite uh, uh, denomination is. They kill each other. They'll kill their women because they, they've, they're of their honor. Okay. This is, this is crazy. Okay, so this is they're I, it's, it's Muslims are the worst. They are the worst. Not it's, it's the the religion is and any fundamentalist Muslim is worse than any fundamentalist Christian. Okay, worse because they're killing their own. They kill their own. Okay, keep up the good work. Yeah, I appreciate the voicemails. An interesting point. I'm not a hundred percent sure that I agree entirely. I think the thing that prevents Christians from killing non-believers in America is the strong democratic institutions and the Enlightenment values that the country was rooted in originally. The Middle East doesn't have the benefit of having, like, strong democratic roots. I'm pretty sure, like, Saudi Arabia is a monarchy, isn't it? It's, like, got a king and a prince and stuff. Uh, it's, it's basically like a dictatorship for all intents and purposes, and it is largely a theocracy. I think it's, like, a cultural and political institutional problem more than a fundamentalism problem. Although I will grant you this. The Quran was written from the perspective of like a military leader, right? Muhammad was supposed to be like a military leader. And his answer to a lot of things was fighting and, and killing and dying and stuff, right? Jesus was a little bit more peace-loving than that. Like the New Testament, it's harder to come to the conclusion that Jesus wanted you to attack and fight and die for a cause or whatever. Not to say it's impossible. Extremists will find pretexts for their extremism, always. You come across an extremist, a violent extremist, Christian in the U.S., and the, the pretext that they give you for their belief is Jesus said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword or something like that. Brother will turn against brother and all that stuff. Like the one verse that they're taking out of context to some degree to justify their hatred and anger and violence, right? Extremists will always find a pretext for their extremism. I don't believe that Christian extremists are any less violent or desire violence any more or less than a Muslim extremist, I think 
that culturally and politically, the area, the government, and the culture allows for that violence to actually play out and move past the daydream stage where it stays with a lot of Christian extremists in the U.S. I think it's the strong institutions that prevent Christian fundamentalists from actually acting on their violent tendencies. People are people. Human beings are human beings. And religion is religion. And fundamentalists will always find a pretext for violence. Always. It's a complicated issue. And generally speaking, I would say, for the most part, Christian extremists and Muslim extremists are roughly about as violent as each other. It's just the Christians can't or won't act on their violent inclinations because of the strong democratic institutions that they grew up in and the cultural values against certain things. But I don't know, you know, that's just my take on it. I could be wrong. It's just what it seems like to me. I don't agree with the caller. Independent reports have found that in America since 9-11, right-wing Christian extremists have killed more people than Islamic extremists. Neither are good, but I think people are ignoring the threat from the Christian right. Yeah, that's true. I think the caller's talking about Middle Eastern Muslims, though, not American Muslims. Totally agree. American Muslims tend to have a totally different culture than Middle Eastern Muslims. They're a lot more moderate, not anywhere near as extreme, generally speaking. The Christian right is by far the bigger threat when compared to American Muslims. Notice that you changed your email since I emailed you in G January, so maybe you quit using the other one just as I emailed you. Emailed you tonight on both emails. I didn't change it. It's telltalemailbag at gmail.com. It's always been telltalemailbag. Although somebody's been using it as a dumpster for spam. And that has made it a lot harder to sift through real emails. So if I don't get to you, that's probably why. Somebody's using it as spam. That's also the reason why I stopped listing it in my description. Because I don't want any bots to pick it up or whatever. So if I can't get to you, I'm sorry. I'm doing my best. I had like 300 emails from random spam stuff. I don't know why people would do something like that. But it does make it harder to sift through. Next, we're going to talk about the far right losing their minds over the FBI. Now that they've searched Trump's home, they changed their mind about defunding law enforcement. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. If you're unfamiliar, this is Charlie Kirk, and he's the leader of a group called TPUSA, also known as Turning Points USA. It's a conservative group that goes around to college campuses and attempts to bring young Republicans into the party, you bring young people into the Republican tent, if you will. Comparable to the Hitler Youth, I think they're really, really similar and kind of the things that they teach and talk about and, and that kind of thing. Anyway, Charlie Kirk has had some things to say recently about the fact that Donald Trump's house, Mar-a-Lago, was searched by the FBI for classified slash SCI documents, the highest level of security documents that you can have. Not even supposed to leave a fortified bunker. 
And Donald Trump walked right out the front door with them. Deeply disturbing stuff that he even had them. Charlie Kirk decided to defend Donald Trump's decision to steal classified top secret documents from the government. What, what he was doing with them? Who knows? Charlie Kirk doesn't care. Listen to what he had to say. This is the propaganda angle that people are choosing to go with to defend Donald Trump's truly horrific decision to steal documents from the U.S. government and do who knows what. Raids must be met with raids. State attorney generals that are Republican have to authorize raids against Soros groups, BLM, Planned Parenthood, the Alphabet Mafia, groomers, chemical castration of children now. Here's why. A hundred facilities should be raided by, raided by the next week. Find them. You trying to tell me there's not a hundred criminal organizations that are aiding and abetting people across the southern border? La Raza, we know them. They publicized it. I'm not. Okay, so that's a lot. Charlie Kirk, like I said, he's basically the leader of the equivalent of the Hitler Youth today. His answer to a legal search on Donald Trump's house is to send SWAT teams, raid organizations that are largely innocent in all of this, just LGBT groups. I mean, he listed like a billion different people. Anybody that the right doesn't like, basically. Send SWAT teams in and raid them. That's, that's his plan. Notice he used the word raid. That implies that it's a SWAT team to me. That's not what happened to Trump. It was just a search. And Trump wasn't even there. He was in New York City giving deposition in a civil suit, I believe, that, that he's facing from the city of New York. Anyway, that's a deeply disturbing perspective to take. This guy, this guy is viewing the Trump FBI search in a propagandistic way. This is what the right does. They take something, they take some event, they blow it completely out of proportion, and then they claim that they want a proportional response, okay? This is a legal search to recover documents that had been stolen from the U.S. government. Donald Trump wasn't even there. They just went in and got the documents. They organized the search with the Secret Service people that were there, I believe. They let them in. They went through their stuff, and they got what they wanted, and they left. It was not a raid. Donald Trump didn't wasn't staring down the barrel of a gun through all of this. But Charlie Kirk's propagandistic framing is it was a full-blown raid executed on Donald Trump. So they go in with guns and they get him on the ground and put his hands behind his back and cuff him and put him in a corner and hold a gun to his head and scream at him to tell him where the blah, blah, blah you know, whatever other thing they do in a raid. That's how Charlie Kirk is framing it. And he's also framing it like it was an unjustified and unwarranted raid. No, it was, actually. There was a search warrant signed off by a judge. Everything was completely above board. Charlie Kirk wants full-blown SWAT raids with no justifications on their political enemies. That's what they do. They take a situation... They blow it out of proportion and propagandize about it and frame it in this terrible, awful way. And then they say they want a proportional response. That's how things are escalating out of control. And Charlie Kirk is the catalyst for how a lot of this is spiraling.
follow them. They publicized it. I'm not saying you have to arrest them. Just raid them. Find out what you find. Why? Okay, find out what you find. This is a blatant violation of people's Fourth Amendment rights, I think, the right against unreasonable search and seizure. There is no reason to raid any of the groups that Charlie Kirk mentioned. He's blatantly saying to take away their constitutional rights to hurt them for searching Donald Trump's house for documents that he stole. It gets worse than this. This is not even the worst of it yet. Just wait. That will all of a sudden make them and their internal chatters. Guys, you were so stupid. You read Trump. Now they're coming after us. Good. Now you know there's a price to this. Yeah. So here's the thing. This is interesting. Donald Trump broke the law blatantly and brazenly and didn't care. The FBI requested these top secret documents back from the guy. And he sent documents back to them in March, but didn't send all of them. And they knew that there were some missing. They gave him every opportunity to return it, and he refused. Charlie Kirk is framing this like there's absolutely no reason for this to happen. And he wants people to think that there's a price to this. Well, yeah, we know there's a price to this. We know that there's a political cost to searching Donald Trump or to charging the guy with a crime or whatever else. But that's the thing. We have to. If democracy is to survive in the U.S., everybody, every single person must be subject to the law. There can't be anybody that's above the law. That's how democracy works. We must ensure that everybody faces justice no matter how high up the food chain or how low on the food chain. Does not matter. At this point, it feels like the U.S. is on a path that democracy is crumbling in the U.S. at this moment, and Donald Trump and his followers and the congressmen who love him to death are accelerating its demise. And every time we try to do something, every time the left makes a move at all, it's leveraged to accelerate us down that path even further. So Donald Trump brazenly broke the law brazenly stole documents, brazenly tried to get fake electors into overturned democracy on January 6th, brazenly whipped a crowd into a blood frenzy on January 6th and tried to get him to take hostages at the Capitol building, similar to the Night of Glass in 1930s Germany. So that was him trying to destroy democracy. When we respond to that, by investigating or by charging him or by searching or whatever else, he uses that information to accelerate us down a path faster of the destruction of democracy. That's a bad thing objectively, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. In fact, in my opinion, it means we absolutely should, without a shadow of a doubt, do it. Charge him with the crimes that he has committed. If we are going to live in a democracy, nobody can be above the law. I understand that charging him with stuff may accelerate the process, may make it worse, may be used against us or whatever else by Donald Trump. We don't live in a democracy unless everybody is accountable, period. Nobody can be above the law. So I, I get what Charlie Kirk is saying here. He's, he's basically saying if you charge Trump with a crime... 
or if you search him or anything at all that you do, we're going to do it to you even worse. Okay, I get that. I get that they are going down the path and and they're going to accelerate us down even harder when we try to hold anyone accountable. That's what we have to do anyway. I don't care. We have to. We have to hold people accountable. I don't know if you guys have heard of Judge Jeanine Pirro. She's a Fox News opinion something or other. She used to be a, a judge, apparently. It blows my mind that she used to be a judge. But she went on her show and completely lost her mind over Donald Trump being searched also. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. Until yeah, proven otherwise. You. And thank I agree you. with that. And but your speculation, I just think, is, is just a I don't off, think it's face. speculation at all. You do not. You do not break into a house. Of a- okay, they didn't break into a house. From my understanding, they were let into the house by Secret Service because they were coordinating the raid. But even if they hadn't, if they did break in, it was perfectly legal and above board. It was signed by a judge and it was FBI agents executing a search warrant. A complete misrepresentation right off the bat. Of a guy that you've been working with for nine months that you have to admit has been cooperating with you for presidential records? No. Can I sh- okay, so let me add a little bit of information to that lore she just dropped on us. Donald Trump had been working with the FBI. Basically, when Donald Trump left the Oval Office, he walked out the door with like 20 boxes of classified documents that were never even supposed to leave a bunker in the White House. They weren't supposed to be in the general area of the White House. They were supposed to be in a bunker there, okay? Donald Trump took these documents out of the bunker in the White House, already a no-no, and then took them from the White House to his Mar-a-Lago estate, an even bigger no-no. When the Department of Justice found out that he had done that, they gave him an opportunity to return them. They subpoenaed him for the documents. I, I don't remember how many he took, like 26 boxes or something of documents he took it all with him they subpoenaed him for the documents he turned over 18 of them i think and then he was left with 12 that math might not be quite right i don't know the exact number but that's the idea he took a certain number of boxes turned them over to the department of justice but he kept some and the ones that he kept were extremely sensitive extremely sensitive like nuclear weapons plans and and all kinds of other stuff So when the Department of Justice realized he didn't give those documents back like he said he was going to and that he still had top secret slash secret compartmented information documents, TSSCI documents in his house, in his pool room next to the fucking towels, they sent a recovery team in to retrieve them. That's what happened. So yeah, they worked with him that entire time and he refused to comply with the law. And now he's being investigated under espionage. So that's how it goes. I'm sorry, Janine. For presidential records? No. Can I ask you a question? Uh, no. I'm <laughs> going to answer your question. Just me. And you do not do that and have guys with AR-15 and women, I might add, at the front of Mar-a-Lago at, at, in a situation like this where the man's about to announce for president if he's going to run for president. Wait, how does she know that? That's weird, right? Nobody had heard if Donald Trump is going to announce that he's going to run for president yet. Kind of a weird thing to bust out just out of the middle of nowhere. And aside from that, Donald Trump wasn't even there. He was in New York City in Manhattan at Trump Tower or something like that. Judge Janine Pirro is trying to draw a vicious, ugly picture for you. Kind of like what happened to Breonna Taylor, you know? 
She's trying to draw that picture. She's trying to make Donald Trump look like what happened to Breonna Taylor. She's trying to make it seem as though Trump is being persecuted when Trump is the one that broke the law. Absolutely disgusting, dude. Well, here's where it gets really interesting, okay? So a whole bunch of people have been coming out of the woodwork, all kinds of different politicians of all sorts, coming up with really interesting propagandistic framing for this whole situation. The person that we're watching up here on screen, this is Mark Wayne Mullen. One one name, Mark Wayne. That's his name, Mark Wayne. What a name. Anyways, he's a representative, a Republican from Oklahoma, District 2. I think he's a state representative. I'm not really sure. Anyway, he went up there to talk about the, the search, basically, and, and completely lose his mind over it. So listen to his really interesting propagandistic framing here. I understand you guys probably heard about the FBI search to death by now, but examining the propaganda methods that these people use is so fascinating to me. I, I, I want to point out the double standard here, too. You know, we, we, we saw that the, this media frenzy about supposedly classified information, where was this same media frenzy when there was 33,000 classified emails on a server in a bathroom with Hillary Clinton? Why didn't they raid that bathroom? Okay, wow, that's fascinating. 33, wait, did he say 33,000 or 33 million? Same media frenzy when there was 33,000. Okay, 33,000, got it. Well, first of all, emails will not contain documents as sensitive as the ones that Donald Trump had because these documents will under no circumstances ever touch the internet. That's how sensitive they were. There will never be a photograph of them and they will never be on the internet. Second, what do you mean, where is the media frenzy over Hillary Clinton's email? Are you kidding me? The media frenzy was so bad at the time that we just started calling it buttery males. Buttery males. They talked about Hillary Clinton so much and her email server and everything else that people came up with a phrase, buttery males, to refer to it. It was ridiculous. It was all over everything. The FBI investigated top to bottom. And again, I just want to make this clear, the documents Trump had would never be on an email server under any circumstances because they are that sensitive. Classified emails on a server in a bathroom with Hillary Clinton. Why didn't they raid that bathroom? Dude, I don't even know what he's talking about fully. Like, it, it, they're in an echo chamber where they repeat the same phrases to each other over and over and over again, and they just go in circles and eat themselves alive with anger and hate and everything else. And they all kind of understand what each other are talking about, but nobody on the outside has any idea what they're referring to. Email server in a bathroom? What? What are you talking about? I don't get it. Why do they work with her to find out a time, a date, and what documents they could and couldn't see? Did they do the same thing here? Yes, they did. See, this is how propaganda works. Pretend that he's the most persecuted person alive. Pretend that other people have been treated fairly, but he wasn't. Or pretend that things were skewed in favor of this other person when they shouldn't have and they're giving him no grace. But you know what I find particularly interesting about this framing? It's like they're 
excusing what happened with Hillary Clinton. Like, they don't even care anymore. They're fine with that. They're okay with Trump taking classified documents home with him and putting them in the pool house next to the towels. They're okay with Hillary Clinton having an email server. That's how it's, like, being presented here. Would you vote for Hillary Clinton now? Is that how okay with the situation you are? This guy and others lost their minds over the Hillary stuff when it was honestly completely unjustified at the time. It was just a fear and propaganda campaign. But they're excusing it with Donald Trump. This is the hypocrisy. This is how it works. This is the hypocrisy and propaganda techniques that they're using. With Trump? With President Trump? Of course they did. This is where it gets kind of interesting, in my opinion. This is a TV show called The Water Cooler on Real America's Voice. Real America's Voice, as far as I can tell, kind of operates like InfoWars a little bit, operates a little bit like True News with Rick Wiles or Lindell, like frankspeech.tv or whatever. It operates similarly to that in that it's set up kind of like a news website that has clips on YouTube and Rumble and all over the place. But I think they're a little bit bigger than the aforementioned ones. I think Real America's Voice is pretty substantial, pretty well known. And The Water Cooler is a TV show that has a lot of pretty famous people on, honestly, really famous people. This one came out early August 2022. They're talking about the Trump search on Mar-a-Lago also. Listen to this. Of course there are satanic cults that are running this. Of right. course there's child abuse. Of course there's everywhere in the right, government. And right. guess what? The mainstream media is protecting them too, and that's why she feels the need to ask him these questions. Well, guess what? Yeah. Trump wouldn't, he, he would not basically say that that wasn't true because he knows it's true. Mm -hmm. And he knows that, and he even said it himself, he was basically supporting QAnon by saying, hey, I hear they're against so am I. Mm -hmm. Because he knows. And that was another hint he was dropping to us. Yeah. A lot of people are saying, yeah, we, we knew that, that those parts. But guess what? These are, this is all part of the puzzle that I'm trying to put together here. Well, Please put it together for me. Lay it out. Which is that the deep state, mm -hmm. you know. When you hear the word deep state, replace it with Illuminati. They're basically the same. Well, Which is that the deep state, mm -hmm. you know, ultimately this past raid of Mar-a-Lago, it's a threat. Right. It's a threat because they don't want him to expose the that he knows about. Right. And that's what impeachment was about. That's what the Russia hoax was about. Mm -hmm. That's what every single, that's what January 6th was about. That's what Okay, January 6th was a legitimate problem that Donald Trump legitimately broke laws that day. The Russia collusion story, that was not a hoax. That was real. That's why Paul Manafort went to jail and many, many others. Lots of people went to jail for that. Yeah, the impeachments that Donald Trump faced, those were both 100% legitimate and real. These people live in a fantasy land. But this is a good indication, like what we've been hearing that the right generally is moving in a QAnon direction. I mean, that's what she was just talking about. Like, there are people in the government who are trying to uh, kidnap people, and Trump is saving them, and it's just ridiculous. And they orchestrated this big raid on his house to prevent him from releasing information about the people that they kidnapped and all this other stuff. It's sad, honestly. Like, these people really do live in a fantasy land. They really are completely disconnected from reality. They have a, a completely alternate set of facts. They operate off of a totally different set of information than the rest of the world does. And it blows me away. 
That's what the Russia hoax was about. Mm -hmm. That's what every single, that's what January 6th was about. That's why they planted all those people from the FBI there. That's right. Because they wanted. Just what do you even say to this stuff? What do you even say? How do you respond to this stuff? To make Trump look out, to look like he's some domestic terrorist, like he's some insurrectionist. Right. It was a threat. It was a threat from the deep state. Right. They're coming after him, and it's because they don't want him to expose the past. And you know what? He hasn't really yet. He hasn't. No. He's no, dropped really hints, hasn't. but he hasn't fully exposed them yet. What will be interesting mm -hmm. is to see if in 2024, if he runs again, or even if he doesn't run again, mm -hmm. if he does decide to do that. I can't see a situation in which Trump does not run for 2024. I am very, very sure that he's going to. In fact, I'm pretty convinced that he was planning on announcing that he is going to run on August 8th, 2022. The reason I think that's because that was basically the day after all of the major primaries. And I think he was planning on coming out and announcing it after the primaries. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, people live in a fantasy land, man. I'm telling you. They live in a fantasy land, and clawing them back to reality is an uphill battle. Is it possible? I don't know. This is Stu Peters talking to a, I believe, it's Anthony Sabatini. I think that he's a candidate for Congress, or he's an active congressman. I'm not sure which exactly. He's somehow related to Congress, either candidate or active. Listen to what they have to say about the Mar-a-Lago raid. Check this out. The first and easy thing to do is pass a law saying none of our sheriffs, none of our police, none of our state law enforcement is going to work with them, communicate with them, or recognize any of their authority. If you do that, if you stop tax collectors, clerks of the court, county, cities, everybody from operating with them, communicating with them, you leave them in the dark. We need to do that immediately. I called to do that for the Capitol Police months ago. That's something that is a new idea in the Republican Party, but it's an obvious thing we need to do. The second thing is the much more controversial idea, and that's using nullification, using the 10th Amendment to say if a federal agency is operating and performing so-called law enforcement functions, which is what they're pretending what they, it is that they did when they raided Mar-a-Lago, they have to gain state permission. If they do not do that, we should treat them as trespassers and arrest them. If the FBI is going to try to haunt uh, Donald Trump and arrest him at Mar-a-Lago, which I believe they're going to try to do in the next few months if we, if we don't stand up, we need to physically prevent these rogue federal agencies from doing that. And that means using our law enforcement. If we don't have agents that are willing to do that, recruit new ones. But use the state power against federal power. It's obvious. To summarize, what this congressman or congressional candidate is saying is states need to stop recognizing the authority of the federal government. That's what he's saying. This is, in my opinion the precursor to a civil war by refusing to recognize federal authority that's the precursor to secession and the precursor to a civil war i believe that that is the goal of the right at this point now if you're not convinced by that yet let me show you one more thing that may just convince you there's this thread on twitter by somebody called Living Blue Texas, also known as Shell Seas. They have like 20,000 followers on there. And they basically created a thread that's hundreds of videos long, hundreds of tweets under it of TikTokers uh, or TikTok videos of people who are prepared to go to war for Donald Trump right now and want it to happen now and are pissed off that it's not. Just listen to a couple of them. 
Check this one out. This has 1.3 million views on it. Well, hey. Don't mind me. Just getting ready for my IRS audit. I know this is about to come. Listen. They're freaking out because Biden said that he's hiring 80,000 new IRS agents. Uh, I'm all for that. I, I'm in favor of it. They believe that the IRS agents are going to be used to declare martial law or something. I don't even know. But they're freaked out about it. Who knows why? I'm just like you. I've seen what happened to Trump. Yeah, it's go time. Everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. The Democrat Nazis have gone too far. Just look at what they've said in the Senate in the past. Look at all the ammunition the IRS is buying up. Look at the new classification they come out with with uh, the MBEs. I don't know what he's talking about. I, I tried to figure it out, but I'm not in these right-wing circles, these right-wing echo chambers. Like, they always spread fear to each other as much as humanly possible. This is why they vote in the numbers that they do, because they're all scared shitless. They think the Nazi Democrats are coming after them to take their guns and their lives and their everythings. I have no idea what he means by MVEs. This is like a fabricated fear doesn't exist in the real world, only exists in this guy's head and the heads of his friends, his prepper friends, who are also trying to start a war. I fit that description quite nicely. Yeah, if you followed me on my other account, follow me on this one as well. Don't let them shut me up. Every time I come across one of you who have lost your account due to the Democrat Nazis on the Democrat Nazi app, I follow you. Oh, by the way, he's obviously talking about civil war and he's got guns sitting in the background. Fantastic, right? There are a couple of others. I mean, th there are hundreds and hundreds of these videos, hundreds of them. But I just wanted to look at a few of them. Just look at this one. Check this one out. Dear Combat Area Commandment Generals, there's 12 of you guys. You are witnessing open treason against your country. Donald Trump's mansion being searched for documents that he stole, top secret documents he stole from the government, is the U.S. government committing treason? Not Donald Trump, but like the FBI? We the people ask you to do something about it. Now, I know a couple things that most Americans don't know. There's only two people that give you orders. Secretary of Defense and the President of the U.S. are the two people that control the military. Secretary of Defense, the President of the United States, who was known to have committed treason when we all found about, out about it during the Trump-Ukrainian phone call. No. What is he even talking about? See, this is what I'm talking about. He lives in a fantasy land. He lives in a delusional world, disconnected from reality, uses an alternate set of facts that nobody else is using, except for other people who want to start a civil war. The public has known about Biden's treason since 2019. How long have you guys known about it? Now... You combat area commanders. 
11 of you are Trump appointees. Charles Flynn, you were appointed by Biden. But I know you're still a loyalist. We have 12 generals that are loyal to Trump. The Secretary of State and the President of the United States are the two only people that could tell them what to do. They run the whole military. What I am getting at, combat area commanders, there's only two people that stand in the way of bringing freedom to your country. Please bring justice. That's funny. I'm sorry. This is a serious situation, but <laughs> that's funny, man. Uh, I really like that, how he jumped forward. <laughs> Getting at combat area commanders. That's funny. That's really funny, uh, but sad. <laughs> you gotta laugh. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. Anyway, hundreds, guys. Hundreds. Hundreds of videos like this. I'm almost 62 years old, and I admit that I've thought about different ways I might die throughout my life. You know, different scenarios, different diseases, different things. But there's one thing that I can assure you never crossed my mind. And that is that I might die engaged in some sort of battle with my fellow man. Never even gave it any, never gave it any thought until now. They live in a fantasy land, guys. They live in a fantasy land where Democrats are possessed by demons and they're trying to take your children and turn them to Satan. Is there a new civil war brewing right now is my question. And I'm asking seriously, do you think that a new civil war is going to start? Here's my opinion. I don't think a new civil war is going to start. I think we're going to see a progressively higher uptick in domestic terrorism. I think we're just going to see like, riots break out all over the place N night of glass style from world war ii germany that that kind of thing i think that's what we can expect i don't think there's ever going to be a moment in time when trump orders people to organize get together form a militia and attack a target i mean it did kind of happen on january 6th but it wasn't really like that it wasn't organized per se it was just a, a gigantic riot that Trump organized, right? I'm talking like full-blown military. I don't see Trump organizing a full-blown military and pointing them at a target. That's what it would take for a civil war to form. That's why I believe we're just going to see an uptick in domestic terrorism and riots and things like that. That's what I expect in the future. If you disagree with me on that, let me know in the comments or on Twitter at Telltale Atheist. Oh! I just switched screens, and look, I've got buttery mails up here still. I think I'm going to leave that up, but I do need to search for something else. Brandon Kramer, as a straight dude that follows you, I'm not sure how I feel about the buttery mails. I've always loved 
your content, but now I think I'm developing a crush on you too. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, buttery mails will get anybody. And that's why the Hillary email scandal was such a big deal. Because people were talking about buttery mails so often, it just, you know, it couldn't get buttery mails out of their head. It's a problem. You can send me some of those buttery mails, though. Okay, I appreciate that, Drake. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Once I get my hands on my own buttery mails, I'll, sell, I'll send some to you. Do mails get more buttery than this? This is pretty buttery. The caliber of buttery in these mails is off the charts. And that, that's what Hillary Clinton gets. Serves her right. That's what we all get because of buttery mails. Thank you, Hillary Clinton. We're going to have to put the buttery mails down for now. We'll come back to the buttery mails, though. Next, we're going to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene latching onto anything that could be used to defend her god emperor, Donald Trump. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. Marjorie Taylor Greene has absolutely been going off the deep end lately, and Trump's Mar-a-Lago search has not helped anything. Let me give you a quick short breakdown if you're unfamiliar with the situation. Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago mansion was searched recently because he claimed to have turned over all of the top secret documents that he stole from the White House when he left. But it turns out he didn't turn over all the documents. He kept some, and they were so secure and so sensitive. This is like nuclear weapons plans level stuff. They were so sensitive. These are the types of documents that are never supposed to leave a secure bunker. There are no pictures of these documents in existence. They, you will not find them on the internet anywhere because people would die if foreign nations found out that we had some of this intel. That's how sensitive it is. Extremely sensitive. And Donald Trump just walked right out the door with him. So the FBI searched his Mar-a-Lago residence, found the documents, and all of Magaland completely melted down over it, including Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's the story in a nutshell. So let's take a look at what Marjorie Taylor Greene has been up to lately. She has a podcast, as it turns out. I didn't know this until fairly recently, and she's been saying some absolutely unhinged stuff on there, to say the least. Check this one out, early August 2022. The Democrats want to hire 87,000 more IRS agents to what? Target conservatives. Yeah. Uh, no, to target people who aren't paying enough in their taxes or to make sure that people are paying their taxes properly. Why is this such a big deal? I just talked about a story recently where a bunch of Trump supporters are completely bent out of shape over the fact that Trump's Mar-a-Lago mansion was searched. And they've built up this whole conspiracy theory around the government trying to persecute Donald Trump. They believe there's a civil war here. And they're working the fact that Biden is hiring 80-something thousand new IRS agents. They're working that fact into the conspiracy theory. Listen to this. What? Hey. Just getting ready for my IRS audit. I know this is about to come. Listen, I'm just like you. I've seen what happened to Trump. 
So they're basically trying to start a new civil war. Like I said, I talked about that in the the video that just released previously to this one. So if you want to see like the full video that we were just watching, just go to the previous one. Anyway, they're working this whole IRS agents thing into their whole conspiracy theory about how they're being persecuted by the government for, for having to pay taxes and for being conservative. These people live in a delusional world. Conservatives, yeah, Trump donors, Trump voters, Republicans, small business owners, I don't... Actually, just anybody who lives in the U.S., we all have to pay taxes. I don't like that anybody, any more than anybody else, but you know what? I'm the first one in line every year to pay my taxes. And you know why? I haven't talked about this much on my channel or anywhere, actually, for that matter, but I had a terminal illness 10 years ago. It was a very low chance that I was going to survive. I guess that would depend on your definition of very low. It was 40% survival rate. The illness that I had had a 40% survival rate. This is before I did YouTube. This is when I was broke as dog I didn't have a penny to my name. I worked at like, well, I think I worked at Burger King at the time when I first found out I had this illness. I lived in West Virginia and I was on Medicaid. They were paying my health insurance. And um, I found out that I had this illness and they sent me to a specialist and they were giving me 13 pills per day plus a weekly injection. I had to stick it in my leg and inject myself with this stuff to basically cure me of this illness. And I started losing my hair. Seriously, I'm in the shower one day and just handfuls of hair are coming out of my head. And I was itchy constantly. I was sick constantly. I felt like vomiting. I, I was dizzy 24-7 for six months. Six months I did this. Medicaid paid $115,000 for my treatment. $115,000. That's an amount of money I, to this day, have not seen in my life. That is an obscene amount of money. And... I was cured. I was cured of it because I had Medicaid. I wouldn't have survived otherwise. And that, my friends, is why I am the first one in line to pay taxes every year. I enjoy paying taxes. I want to pay taxes so that the next person in line who's dealing with this exact situation doesn't have to worry about surviving doesn't have to worry about whether or not they can even get the medicine in the first place i pay my taxes every year with a smile on my face so that i can know that somebody on the other end can find out if they'll be part of that 40 percent that survives rather than knowing they'll be part of the 100% who never got an opportunity to try treatment because they didn't have the money for it. But Marjorie Taylor Greene completely disagrees, thinks that it's seemingly a moral wrong to pay taxes, thinks that it's just another way to persecute people 
or something. Honestly, sad and disgusting that she always finds some way to weaponize everything against people who she views to be her enemy. Honestly, sad. Let's step back a little and listen to that statement one more time. What? Target conservatives. Yeah, Trump donors, Trump voters, Republicans, small business owners. I don't know if you refuse to to bake a cake for some five-year-olds coming out party with their new gender reveal. This is, this is the kind of thing that's going to be going on. Okay, five-year-olds are not doing gender reveal parties, first of all. What five-year-olds, what parents or what schools are trying to teach five-year-olds that they're a different gender? This is a fabricated issue that is absolutely not happening, first of all. And second, why would the government care if somebody was doing any of that stuff? Why would anybody care? Why, like, she thinks that the IRS, or she's pretending to think at least, that the IRS is going to weaponize audits against people they don't like. You live in a fantasy land. We live in a society that has to pay taxes. That's just how this works. If you want roads and bridges, and if you want health care, let's say your daughter gets sick, or your niece or your nephew or your whoever gets sick with an illness that has a 40% survival rate, do you want them to be able to get better? Or do you just want them to die? Marjorie Taylor Greene doesn't give a shit. What she cares about is acting like she's persecuted by everybody around her and creating a sense of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. FUD is the acronym for this, and it's something that news and public figures do constantly. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. It's going to be going on. They're going to target you. They're going to target you if you if you refuse to um, uh, host a wedding in in your restaurant for for uh, I don't know who knows with a drag queen story time for children or whatever they're going to target you because they they hate you you're the political enemy. No, no, no to all of that. No, I don't have any political enemies. I don't view the world like that. I want everybody to succeed. I want everybody to have health care, whether you're a Trump supporter or not. I want you to have the ability to get treatment for something if you're sick. Whether you're a Trump supporter or not, I want you to have the ability to get a good job and rise yourself out of poverty. I want you to have those opportunities. Everybody, period, across the board. Marjorie Taylor Greene, on the other hand, she does have people who she considers to be her enemies, her political enemies. This mindset of this otherizing thing, this black and white, good versus evil type of thing, this mindset that she finds herself in, is the exact mindset that cults use to manipulate and control people, and it is the exact mindset that led the Nazis to do what they did during World War II. The exact mindset. She has no idea. And even if she did have an idea, would she care? I don't know. There's another clip I want to show you from her podcast, but before we watch it, let me give you a little context to it leading up to that. So she went to the jail of the January 6th defendants or whatever. She went there with Louis Gohmert, of all people. Oh, my God. 
<sighs> anyway, if you know, you know Louis Gohmert. I'm not going to go down that road right now. Anyway, she went there with Louis Gohmert mid-May 2022 to talk about how persecuted the January 6th people are. Oh, my God, they're so mistreated by society. Oh, listen to what she had to say about them. ...to match them. We have been denied the ability to go back and have a tour. We've been denied uh, even a phone call and an answer back. So that's why we're here today at her office to say you need to give us a visit. You owe this to all of the people that we represent across the country. And, and then this city needs cleaned up. There's homeless people all over the city. Crime is out of control. Dude, who is she talking to? And are these issues even in their wheelhouse? Like, is this something that whoever she's talking to could even fix? I don't know. She's giving awfully broad demands. I don't think a single person that she could possibly be talking to would take care of all of these things. And it has a jail that is that is clearly, clearly a dangerous place uh, for people to be because they're Oh, suddenly she gives a shit about jails and how clean they are and how safe they are, huh? How about that? She didn't care how clean and safe jails were before. I have. I've been talking about jails and prisoners' rights for a while now. I've been talking about the fact that slavery is still legal in the U.S. right now, to this day, in the form of prisoners. For years, prisoners are legally allowed to be enslaved. And they are enslaved by the way, but she hasn't cared about this issue this entire time up until her precious January 6th insurrectionists and seditionists started complaining about it. Clearly a dangerous place uh, for people to be because they're dying last week and then these pretrial January 6th defendants are, are, have been held months on end uh, being abused as political prisoners of war. Oh, that's an interesting term to use. Being held months on end, yeah because they've been charged with a crime, sedition. Of course they're being held months on end. They're likely going to be held years on end for what they've done. But that last bit, what she said there, that was what I was really interested in. Political prisoners of war. To be a prisoner of war in the US seems to me you would have to consider them part of a foreign country that is at war and enemies with the United States government, right? I don't really see any other way to square this up. If they're prisoners of war, like she said, then they are considered enemy combatants from a foreign country, right? If, that, if that's really how they view themselves and how Marjorie Taylor Greene views them, great. She's committing treason by giving aid and comfort to our enemies. I'm speaking as somebody who is like a citizen of the U.S., She's giving aid and comfort to our enemies, to people who consider themselves to be our enemies of the United States. So she's committing treason, and they are waging war against the U.S. government. Seems to me if she really does view it that way, fantastic. We don't have to go through any more of this trouble. Remove her from Congress, put her in prison for treason, and charge the rest with, I don't know, what would you try war criminals with? I, don't, I have no idea. The thing is, she wants to have her cake and eat it too. She wants to continue to be a member of Congress. She wants to continue to manipulate the U.S. government from the inside while simultaneously attempting to destroy it. Check this one out. Now that you have that context, you'll understand a little bit of what's being said in the next sections or, or the next clips that we're going to watch. 
Listen to this one. This is early August 2022. She went on this guy's TV show. Gorka, I think is his name. I have to ask you to connect the dots for us because of um, that, that moment at CPAC where you spoke to the January 6th victim, my, my friend Brandon Stracker. What happened in Mar-a-Lago? Yeah, if you're unfamiliar with what he's referring to, at CPAC, which is like conservative political action conference or whatever, it's where a bunch of right-wing nutcases get together and do crazy nutcase stuff. Anyway, there was a demonstration where a guy was sitting in a faux jail cell and he was wearing like fake jail attire and Marjorie Taylor Greene like kneels down in front of him and starts praying with him because he's so mistreated or some other crazy nonsense. Anyway, keep listening to this. That's what he's referencing. You spoke to the January 6th victim, my my friend Brandon Stracker. What happened in Mar-a-Lago is directly connected to the victims of January 6th, is it not? Of course it is. Wait, what? Okay, so Donald Trump's house being searched for documents that he stole is linked to January 6th? Defendants? How? How? I don't understand. None of this is making any sense. It's directly connected. What happened at Mar-a-Lago is, is the same thing or even worse that's what's happening to these, these January 6th defendants, and they are, they are being persecuted. These are American citizens that, yeah, okay, they got charged with crimes, but their due process rights are being violated, and to be held in jail as long as they have, it's... it's okay, first of all, how are their due process rights being violated? And second, I thought she just called them prisoners of war. That implies that they are enemy combatants against the U.S. government. That doesn't sound like they consider themselves, or she even considers them, U.S. citizens. That's neither here nor there or even worse that's what's happening to these these january 6th and one more thing it sounds like she's saying donald trump's house being searched for government documents that he stole top secret documents that were never supposed to even leave a bunker it sounds like what she's saying is that's worse than how the january 6th people are being treated what god this woman is strange just top to bottom like everything that she says and does is just odd and makes like no sense early august 2022 she's on her own podcast and talking about the the raid or the search it's not a raid it was just a search the fbi went to search trump's house listen to what she had to say about the search it's like these are shots from like the day that it was happening. It was morning time, I think. Yeah, and there were like MAGA people outside Trump's house because I think there's just like a perpetual crowd of MAGA people there, basically like a Mecca going there to worship for the day or something. Anyway, it's just weird. All right, let's hear what she says about it. And you can see those are the typical uh, peace-loving Trump supporters, Make America Great Again people. Those are the ones that wear the red MAGA hats. Peace-loving? Is that what you said? Peace-loving? I'm sorry. The only people that believe that MAGA supporters are peace-loving are people who are already living in a delusional fantasy land, the MAGA people themselves. Because anybody else peripheral to them Anybody who has a MAGA fan in their life in any way, an uncle, a cousin, a brother, a whatever, they know MAGA people are not 
in any way, shape, or form, peace-loving. That is like the last term I would ever use to describe these people. They are hate mongers who have a vested interest in hurting people any way they can. And we saw that come to a head on January 6th. They let out their rage, just like what happened on the Night of Glass in Germany during World War II. Um, those are the same type of people that went to Washington on January 6th, not the people that were involved in the riot, and we still have many questions about that riot, don't we? No, no, we don't, actually. We don't have any questions about that riot. That's pretty well resolved by now. These people have been charged with crimes in large part. They've been sitting in jail this entire time because they committed crimes. That's what happens when you commit crimes. You sit in jail especially when you commit sedition against the U.S. government like they did in a lot of cases. Still have many questions about that riot, don't we? She just lives in a fantasy land, man. I'm telling you. So she goes on Newsmax, Marjorie Taylor Greene does, to talk about all of this stuff and how persecuted her side is. Oh, it's so sad. So she goes on this guy's show, Dan Ball is the guy's name. Uh, this is him on the left, if you're watching. Listen to what they have to say to each other about this. Uh, early August 2022 is right after the search took place, I believe. In all of the all of the documents and everything President Trump had at Mar-a-Lago, that isn't anything that the FBI needed to raid his home for. That is no, we already talked. Absolutely correct. They didn't. If Trump had just turned the documents over, they wouldn't have raided. They wouldn't have searched. But he didn't. He refused to. So guess what? These are top secret slash SCI documents. Secret compartmented information. This is the kind of stuff that isn't supposed to leave a bunker. You're not allowed to talk about it outside of a bunker. It's the kind of stuff that is classified from birth. It is so secret, they can't even talk about what it is outside of a secure bunker. And Donald Trump gathered it all up into a box walked right out the front door, not just the door of the bunker, but the door of the White House, brought the documents to his pool house at Mar-a-Lago and stored them right next to the towels. That is how cavalier Donald Trump was with this stuff. This stuff could get people killed if they knew about it. By no stretch of the imagination should the FBI have even needed to raid. Trump should have never taken it out, but he was given the opportunity to return the documents in March and he didn't. He returned some of the documents and kept others. Still top secret slash SCI, or secret compartmented information. He kept this stuff despite the fact that the FBI wanted it back, or, or the federal government wanted it back. Then it became necessary to raid. If he had just turned it all in, if he hadn't taken it out in the first place, there never would have been a need to raid. But here we are his home for that is no we already talked about that earlier the gsa approved it the 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 gsa yes. approved yes. the documents mailed them sealed them and sent them to him dude what what is he talking what no no to all of that these people live in a fantasy land and make their own facts up on the spot so why would the government yeah. give them to him for now the government to come take them back unless they're planting something anyway I got to switch back because we're literally almost out of time. You know, I find it really interesting that he even suggested such a thing. But if you notice when he suggests that Marjorie Taylor Greene laughs and nods her head and, and mouths the word right. I got to switch back because we're literally almost out of time. Merge. I knew this would happen because you and I are so pissed off about what happened. Uh, so peeved about what happened. 
That's how that that was the energy he came at it with. So Marjorie Taylor Greene obviously agrees that the FBI planted documents on him. And that would be an interesting theory if Donald Trump himself hadn't blown holes in it. Usually when you're dealing with like a press release or when you're dealing with like being on the, the defensive or the offensive or whatever on a as a public figure, like on a, you know, a top level type of thing or whatever. When you're a public figure and you're on the defense, there are a couple different ways to deal with it. The first one and the, and the most important one is to not say a word about anything. Pretend you haven't even heard the accusations, okay? The alternative to that would be acknowledging that it's a problem. If, you know, if, if somebody says, I found out that this guy, like, eats babies in his free time, and assuming that this thing is true, what you're supposed to do is acknowledge it in a cavalier way and make light of it and then redirect. So, sure, I've eaten the occasional baby in my day, but did you know that Christians have been eating babies for centuries? Or specifically, you should be redirecting to one person directly. Like, you should be calling one person out directly for something that they did that society would deem to be worse than what you did. That's generally what you're supposed to do when you're dealing with, like, a PR problem. And we can see that Donald Trump does that, but there's a little twist to this, okay? And this relates back to Marjorie Taylor Greene and what she was saying about this. So listen to Donald Trump's response to being searched. What he should have done was kept completely silent, but we know Donald Trump doesn't know how to do that. So he gets on Truth Social and loses his mind over what's happening with Mar-a-Lago. And he says, number one, it was all declassified. No, it wasn't. Number two, they didn't need to seize anything. Yes, they did, because you didn't turn the documents over when you were supposed to. They could have had it any time they wanted without playing politics and breaking into Mar-a-Lago. They asked for it. You didn't give it to them. It was in secured storage with an additional lock put on as per their request. Actually, they requested the documents back, and he never gave it to them. Okay, so he just offered two excuses for his bad behavior when he should have offered one at most or said nothing. And then he says they could have had it any time they wanted, and that includes long ago. All they had to do was ask. They did ask. And here's the redirect portion. So he just gave us three excuses, and they were piss-poor excuses. The excuses don't need to be true in this type of situation. Donald Trump has a history of, like, lying in all of his excuses, and that's exactly what he did in, in these excuses. But even though he lied in them, they were still piss-poor excuses. And here's his redirection. The bigger problem is... What are they going to do with the 33 million pages of documents, many of which are classified, that President Obama took to Chicago? Another lie. That never happened. It's fabricated nonsense. 33 million pages adds up to like 7,000 square feet or something like that of paper. Like, how would he even carry that? I don't think it's going to fit on a hand truck. Anyway, the point is Donald Trump went through the media steps that he was supposed to take, but he completely flubbed it. First of all, his excuses that he offered were implicit admissions that he did in fact have those documents and that they were in fact seized by the FBI. So what Dan Ball and Marjorie Taylor Greene did here just now was make complete fools of themselves. Donald Trump implicitly admitted to having the documents, which means he just completely closed off the branch of the FBI planted it. He erased that as a possibility by admitting what he did. The guy knows the steps to take 
when dealing with media like this, but he can't control his emotions. He can't control himself. He loses his mind and screams and cries like a baby and makes a huge mess for everybody around him. And now we have people like Marjorie Taylor Greene backing anything that Donald Trump says. Now, here's the thing. Donald Trump implicitly admitted that he had the documents, that they were top secret, and that he wasn't supposed to have the documents. By doing that, it should have closed off the possibility of using the defense that the FBI planted stuff. It should have closed that off. But here's the problem. People in Trump land don't give a shit. They don't listen. They don't care. Doesn't matter to them if there are conflicting stories or explanations. All of these things in their mind can be true simultaneously. Donald Trump had the documents. They were classified. Hell, they could even believe the guy sold the documents to Russia and the FBI planted them on him, all held simultaneously, all of those beliefs. This is a full-blown cult. Is there anything this guy could do, anything that would lose his supporters, up to and including selling national security information? Would he lose supporters if he did such a thing? I am not convinced he would. If you disagree with me, let me know in the comments or on Twitter at Telltale Atheist. Danielle Hurd, thanks for sharing your personal story. What a wonderful take on paying taxes. Well, thank you for listening. Yeah, that's generally how I feel. I know most of my money is probably going into the pocket of a drone pilot, but I like to pretend that it's going into somebody who needs it desperately. Captain Guards, I'm almost tempted to say that Green needs help, but some part of me thinks she knows exactly what she's doing and is doing so maliciously. It's hard to tell with Green. I think Green believes her own lies. I, I think she really does. I think she's a true believer. She's got what's called an ends justify the means mentality, which means she is willing to lie, cheat, manipulate, steal, whatever it takes to accomplish her goals. This is the kind of thing you find with cults regularly. Every cult has a different name for this. Jehovah's Witnesses call it theocratic warfare. Scientology calls it fair gaming. Whatever it takes to accomplish your goals is worth it. And that is one of the hallmarks of Marjorie Taylor Greene's whole personality. An us versus them and an ends justify the means mentality. That's what it's all about with this woman. Uh, so I think she's a true believer, honestly. I really do. I think she's a true believer. But I think she's also a complete nutcase and willing to do anything to hurt people. Next, we're going to talk about televangelists' pseudoscientific claims about the vaccine. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. Vaccine conspiracy theorists have come a long way. Let me show you some snapshots. This video is from The Jim Baker Show, early April 2021. The guy is laying out a scenario for us, like a religious scenario that he believes is going to happen. This is the religious take 
unvaccine conspiracies. Absolutely fascinating to see what this guy has to say. Check this out. A contagion during the tribulation period could sweep the world. Literally tens of millions of people are dying by the hour. And an international cry goes up around the world for some kind of cure, a vaccine. Well, okay. Now, before we continue, I want to tell you, this guy believed that this is going to happen or believes this is going to happen. He thinks that this is a real scenario. Okay. And he's using it as a pretext for why people shouldn't get vaccinated. This is so deeply sad. Please get vaccinated, people. I, if you watch my channel, chances are you're going to anyways. I just want to make that clear. It is so deeply ridiculous to me to listen to people like this come up with these bat crazy conspiracy theories that discourage people from taking care of themselves. You know polio is spreading around New York City right now where I live? Polio. We eradicated that in the U.S. like 50 years ago. I mean, not fully eradicated, of course, but it hasn't been a real problem in the U.S. for like ever. There was a massive outbreak like forever ago, like, you know, decades ago, and people were lining up out the door to get vaccines when it was finally invented. And now we have so many anti-vaxxers, seemingly, that polio is spreading once again. That's what this kind of thing has led to. Polio outbreaks, of all things. Keep listening to his b bizarre story, because it does get crazier. So, so far, he tells us he thinks there's going to be an illness that appears, and there's going to be an, an international cry for a vaccine to come out, right? Listen, keep listening. Well, a man comes forward, a single individual, who happens to be the Antichrist. And he's the only man on earth whose blood is naturally immune to this alien virus. And he really believes this stuff. And he's being featured on Jim Baker's show because he wrote the framework for this whole religious event that he thinks is going to take place. He takes it seriously. And so a vaccine is created from his blood by which all mankind then are required to be inoculated. So it's almost like a, a black communion. It's a black communion. It's like a communion of blood from the Antichrist. That is the kind of rhetoric that the far right and the religious right have been using this entire time, bizarrely. You know, it wasn't always that way. As a matter of fact, West Virginia, I lived there in my teen years and off and on in my 20s. West Virginia is actually really, really strict about vaccinations. You know why? Because the anti-vax position has historically been at least viewed as a far-left position. There are far-left people who are anti-vax. And as a result, West Virginia, a, a deep red state, wanted to own the libs. So they made vaccines mandatory for basically everybody. Every vaccine. Which, you know, I'm all for. I think that's a good thing. You should get vaccinated early on. With all of them, like the anti-vax position is so deeply stupid to me. It's ridiculous, but that's neither here nor there. The right was not always anti-vax is the point. And as a matter of fact, up until recently even, this is mid-November 2020, this next clip I want to listen to, up to this point, the right wasn't really anti-vax. 
even up to mid-November 2020. This is Mark Taylor, who we're about to listen to, talking to a guy named Erskine. It's the Erskine Podcast. Mark Taylor is used as... He's held up as proof that Donald Trump is a religious figure, basically. He claims to have prophesied Trump was going to win the election or whatever. He didn't really, and it's more complicated than that. But, you know, the story behind it isn't important. Just understand, Mark Taylor is an extremely important figure in Trump lore, okay? Listen to what Mark Taylor has to say here about the vaccine. This is slightly before the COVID vaccine officially came out and was given to, to everybody. They're calling, even calling it the Biden vaccine. And isn't it interesting? They wait till a week after the election to announce they have a vaccine. Right. That was Erskine. We're about to hear Mark Taylor's take on that. But you notice these people are praising Donald Trump for creating a vaccine. These people are as far right as it gets. It doesn't get further right than this. I'm not joking when I say Mark Taylor believes that atheists eat babies. Seriously. He truly believes this. This is Mark Taylor on the left. Listen to this. When politicians go to Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia, this is why they lose all wisdom. Columbia is another name for Bale, the District of Bale. They are working for and under the protection of the District of Bale, whose food source is the aborted babies. Do you think it's a coincidence that they are creating a food shortage for us? Did they know ahead of time that we were going after Roe versus Wade? They are going after our food sources because we are going after theirs. I told you guys. Do you regret doubting me now? I told you guys. Mark Taylor thinks atheists eat babies and he's dead fucking serious about it. Anyway, the point here, God, I'm getting off track. The point here is that they were pro-vax. They were pro-vax before, before the, the COVID vaccine came out. They were in favor of it. They believed Trump created it, delusionally, of course, and they were thanking him for it. And they were upset that Biden was supposedly taking credit for the vaccine at the time. Seriously, the anti-vax position was not always the right-wing position. Not until very recently. Listen to Mark Taylor talk more in this about Donald Trump. This has been uh, set up from the very beginning from the Democrats, you know, whether it was trying to hurt Trump with the COVID, whether it was trying to hurt him uh, with this or that. I mean, there's so many different things. The vaccine, I, I tell people, if you were listening to Trump back in the COVID times, Back in the COVID times, this is November 2020, before a vaccine, before a vaccine even came out. They didn't, they didn't even make it like six months, accepting that COVID was really a problem. They didn't even try for six months. My sorry ass has been over here wearing a mask to the laundry room in my building every day. I've been wearing a mask for two years straight. They have, it's like they're not even trying and they never did. Kind of frustrating. To a lot of his press conferences, Trump's 10 steps ahead of everybody. And when you listen to him speak, every time that he would say the word COVID, switch that out with the word cabal. Mm-hmm. Every time that he, he... Cabal, by the by, is another phrase for the Illuminati or the deep state or whatever. It's just a code word for the big evil organization trying to control people that also eats babies, of course. Time that he, he says, what is the cure? The vaccine. What is the vaccine? We, the people in the military, when they go in and they start arresting these people, I think this, he was giving code out a lot of times to the people because there's always more than one depth of revelation to what he says. 
use of the word revelation there to describe what Donald Trump says, one more than one depth of revelation to Donald Trump's words, that word was very intentional. They view Donald Trump as a religious figure, seriously. And they have for a long, long time. Eventually, we got people coming along after the vaccine came out saying completely unhinged stuff, like, for example, claiming that it would make you magnetic or somehow connecting it to quantum entanglement. Like Sherry Tenpenny, this is this woman on screen here. She did untold amounts of damage to society with the conspiracy theories that she spread. This one was late January 2022. And I want people to remember, remember this term because you're going to hear a lot of it in the next year. Quantum entanglement. Weird. I haven't heard much of it as a matter of fact i don't this is the only time i've heard that term is from this exact clip right here weird huh i thought she said we were going to be hearing it a lot quantum entanglement because when that's from a physics perspective what happens when you take that shot in there's all this entangling that's on and with the artificial intelligence hooking you up to the google credit scores and all the you know all of the the d the d matrix and all of those things what she has no idea what she's talking about. Somehow, she fumbled her way through medical school, supposedly. I heard that she's a doctor. I haven't seen her qualifications. If she is, I hope she doesn't have a license anywhere to practice. Deeply, deeply disturbing that somebody intelligent enough to read a book, any book at all, is also gullible enough to buy anything that she believes. Quantum entanglement does not work that way. It's never worked that way. She obviously doesn't understand it. She may have, may have a medical degree. She does not have a physics degree, obviously. It's because of people like Sherry Tenpenny and the guest on Jim Baker's show. Forget the dude's name now. He wrote Final Countdown, I think, or something like that. He wrote a book about, you know, the Antichrist and the black communion and all that stuff. It's because pe people like that, people that the right moved to an anti-vax position. This is Rick Wiles. This one came out mid-October 2021. He's a pastor, the host of a show called True News, kind of like InfoWars a little bit, except it hasn't been fully deplatformed yet, I don't believe. Mid-October 2021, this is what he had to say about it. This is a global coup d'etat by the most evil cabal of people on the planet in the history of mankind. The Illuminati, of course, is what he's talking about. Th this is a mainstream belief in the on the right, though. This isn't like tinfoil hat people, or it is like tinfoil hat people. It's tinfoil hat stuff. The problem is that everybody on the right seems to buy it. Like, everybody. My brother is a libertarian and always has been, and we've been able to talk back and forth, you know, and debate and argue, and, and it's been good. Not anymore. Haven't talked to him in two years, probably, after Trump lost the election, roughly, is the last time I had a real conversation with him, because there is no moderate position anymore. Either you are a far-right extremist who buys the tinfoil hat stuff and thinks there's an Illuminati out there trying to get you, or you are a Democrat. Pretty much. That's where we find ourselves right now. Keep listening to Rick Wiles describe this. On the planet, in the history of mankind, 
And if it is not stopped in the very near future, they will win. That's what's at stake, control of the world. They're planting, they're putting eggs in people's bodies. We, if you didn't see yesterday's True News, you need to watch it. It's an egg that hatches into a synthetic parasite and grows inside your body. This is a little bit out there, but a lot of this stuff is basic right-wing belief at this point. A lot of this stuff is within the Overton window of the right in America right now. And Rick Wiles demonizing vaccines the way that he did. Sherry Tenpenny demonizing vaccines, claiming they make you magnetic. Jim Baker guests going on here and claiming it's a black communion. All led up to this type of situation. This is from 2021. Dad trying to buy me off from getting the vaccine. I, I don't want money, though. Like I know you don't, but I don't know what else to do. You didn't do this to Michael and Kelsey. They already got it. You don't you think I know that? Don't you think I know that? What do you think I'm f***ing crazy? Your mother got it. Why do you think I'm f***ing crazy? My family is gone. My family is gone. By the end of this flu season, most of you will be dead. What the f*** do you expect me to be? All of their propaganda and demonization of just getting a simple basic health procedure like a vaccine led to this kind of situation across the country. The entirety of the right wing, anybody, anybody to the left of center, anybody to the left of Biden, who is by no means left wing, is now effectively like a fundamentalist and scared shitless of the vaccine think the illuminati is coming for them there is no middle anymore especially not with the vaccines these people were in favor of the vaccines originally remember what mark taylor had to say trump prophet was upset that biden might take credit for the vaccines and over two years of propagandizing over and over and over and lying claiming that it was going to quantumly entangle you to Google's credit system, claiming that it was going to make you magnetic, claiming that it was going to hatch an egg, a parasite in your bloodstream. All of this stuff eventually led to an inevitable conclusion where the right is scared shitless of vaccines of any type. This is a predictable outcome. Well, here's where it gets interesting. I just listed a few odd claims for you just now, right? Hatches into a parasite. It's like a black communion. It makes you magnetic. It's going to quantum entangle you and all that stuff. Well, there's another one, uh, an even stranger one, if you can believe it, that's even more pervasive than the others. Once again, this is Rick Wiles. Uh, I haven't talked about him in a while, but God, is he entertaining as He's He runs a show called True News. It's kind of like InfoWars, like I said. But this came out early December 2021. Listen to Rick Wiles' claim in this one. The New World Order is in operation right now. The very thing that people warned for... Uh, New World Order, by the by, again, is another term for Illuminati. So just switch them out when you hear it. Thing ...that people warned for decades was going to happen is underway right now. 
a global depopulation of the human race. He lives in a fantasy land. Nobody is trying to depopulate the earth. In fact, what their goal is, is to change the human race. This is Satan in action. This is the return of the Nephilim. As in the days of Noah, they're changing the DNA of the human race. And only the resistors will remain as the pure humans on the planet. Listen to what I just said. Only those who resist this agenda will remain as the pure humans on planet Earth. Yeah, so he's saying if you take the vaccine, it's going to alter your DNA and turn you into a Nephilim. That's where he's at now. If you don't die from the vaccine, your humanity will be taken away from you. Absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong that these people... You know, in Rick Wiles' case, I think that he's a true believer, and I don't think that there's any manipulation taking place here. I think he really, really buys this stuff. I really do. I'm not sure I feel the same way about a lot of the other people who spread these conspiracies. Tenpenny and Stella Emanuel, Stu Peters, Jim Baker, and a lot of the others who spread a lot of these conspiracies. I'm not sure they're true believers. I'm not sure. I can tell you that it doesn't really matter in the end anyways. In the end, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter, ultimately. These people spread the conspiracies, whether they believed it or not. Whether their belief was genuine or not didn't matter. The beliefs are out there, and they are scaring the shit out of people with them. Like this guy. God, by the end of this loose season, most of you will be dead. Never happened, of course. But how much you want to bet he's still a true believer. Here's why I'm talking about this now. A lot of the clips I covered were from 2021 and a little bit earlier. We're talking about it now because Kent Christmas, televangelist, megachurch pastor, just released a brand new clip early August 2022, repeating a lot of the same claims. Check this out. We're, this is what's happening right now on the earth, and you can call it conspiracy or whatever you want, but I'm telling you, the enemy is still trying to alter the DNA of human beings. And it's been scientifically proven that there, the Supreme Court just ruled, it wasn't in major news, but they just ruled that the vaccine cannot be labeled as a vaccine because it alters the genetic DNA of human beings. No. That is completely fabricated. Not true in any way. But they don't care if it's true or not. See, Kent Christmas is one of the people I believe is a grifter. I don't think he believes half the stuff he says. But the others, Sherry Tenpenny and Rick Wiles and Jim Baker and all the others, I think they probably buy their own nonsense. Can't say the same for Kent Christmas. I think what the guy was referring to, uh, just... Ignore that picture. It's unrelated. It's from a previous story. If you want to know what this story was about, then watch the video that released on Monday, and you'll understand. I think what he may have been talking about was this fact check from Reuters. Let's just take a look at it. A 2013 Supreme Court ruling is being misunderstood by social media users, with some citing it is proof that those who are inoculated with an mRNA COVID-19 vaccine can be patented and are no longer human. Obviously, complete nonsense. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in a Reuters fact check. But 
Users shared a post on social media that reads, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that vaccinated people around the world are now products or patented goods and are no longer human under U.S. law. By vaccinating with modified DNA or RNA, a person ceases to be a human and becomes the property of the patentee of the mRNA vaccine. It's obviously all nonsense. Um, Here's the fact check from Reuters. A 2013 Supreme Court judgment did not find that people inoculated with an mRNA vaccine are no longer human and can be patented. The ruling found that isolated, naturally occurring nucleic acid could not be patentable, but non-naturally occurring nucleic acids, such as cDNA, can be eligible. This article is produced by Reuters Fact Check Team. So, yeah, it's complete nonsense, obviously. I can't even believe I had to read the fact check, but I just want it to be out there. These people live in a fantasy land, man. I'm telling you. Listen to the rest of the clip from Kent Christmas. It's an age-old ancient task of the enemy to alter the DNA. That's why you're having all this sexual confusion. Everything is so confused in America. They're trying to make everything non-gender. Needless to say, at this point, these people are linking culture war issues into their belief system flawlessly. They are incorporating culture war issues into their theology. Donald Trump has become one of their religious figures, effectively. Vaccines have become like a religious element in all of this. They believe that vaccines are like from the devil. Liberals are possessed by Satan. Like, that's how they view it. You know, I haven't been around long, like in the political scene, only uh, maybe six to eight years I've been paying attention. I don't ever remember it being like this. I don't remember evangelicals megachurch pastors, televangelists, working culture war issues into their belief system this way. I mean, maybe I just missed it. Maybe they have been this entire time and I wasn't paying enough attention. I don't know. But it feels like they're getting more political as time goes on, and that is a deeply scary thought. If you disagree with me on anything I've said, let me know in the comments or on Twitter at Telltale Atheist. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, there's Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and coffee cups and stuff on there. You can also check out my other channels. I have a Telltale Unfiltered YouTube channel where I go through long-form videos like Kent Hovind's seminar series, Jehovah's Witnesses' TV show, and televangelists prophesying about politics. And finally, you can check out my social media. If you have a question for me, the best way to ask it is to tweet it at me. I'm on there all the time so check it out all links are in the description as always anyways that's all i've got for you thanks for listening